welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores trends in security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, papers, articles, and podcasts, which I turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary with analysis. There's a summary episode every Monday morning, as well as standalone episodes that are either me exploring an idea or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold to give you a concise update on the most interesting things happening around the world, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 243. Hope you're having a good start to the week. I wrote four new essays this past week and over the weekend. First one is why InfoSec creators should move to direct support monetization. Second one is how to initiate contact with a mentor. Third one is what they don't tell you about being a bug hunter or content creator. And the fourth one is algorithmic versus faith-based learning. Yeah, definitely been writing a lot recently. And uh, those are the four of the new ones since last week. Security news. Facebook is threat modeling various scenarios where the current administration attempts to dispute or spread disinformation around the 2020 election results. They're even discussing a kill switch that can turn off all political ads on election day, if it comes down to that. Joe Sullivan, the former CISO of Uber, has been arrested for trying to cover up the 2016 data breach that exposed 57 million drivers and customers data. I think regardless of the details of the case, you know, what he did or what he didn't do, I I like that this is setting a precedent for security leaders to be very careful what they say happened and what didn't happen. California's DMV is selling data to 98,000 different groups, including private investigators, bail bondsmen, and insurance companies. I'm sure that 98,000 number is includes a lot of different groups that are getting very little data, but it still means they just have really open relationship with this data, which they are allowed to demand of California residents. I mean, it's one thing if you give up your data voluntarily to like Google or Facebook. It's a completely different thing when the government demands the data from you and then sells it. U.S. Army's released a report talking about tactics used by North Korean hackers. And one of the things that came out of it was that a lot of the North Korean hackers are actually attacking from outside the country, working abroad, basically. There was a naturalized U.S. citizen born in Hong Kong and who worked for CIA and FBI, who was arrested Friday for selling secrets to China. But the best part is how he got caught. So the FBI impersonated his Chinese spy's HR department, basically, and asked him what all he had done and what his goals were. And he basically told them everything because he wanted to look good in their eyes and kind of ended it off with the fact that he wanted the motherland to succeed. And that was his reason for doing all of this. And of course, that was all recorded, which I'm sure is going to make the trial 
a short one. Soundarya Ramesh and her team have found a way to recreate a key by listening to it open a lock. And they don't need any like crazy movie microphones. You can use a smartphone and record the key. And it will build you a 3D model of what that key looks like. This is some serious Mission Impossible spy stuff. Very, very cool research. Alexei Navalny, an outspoken Russian opposition leader, was poisoned on a flight and is now on a ventilator. It's remarkable to me that everyone knows Putin kills his political opponents using poison. It's basically common knowledge, and the international community seems uninterested. It's just like a factoid at this point. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what he does. And an AI beats a human in an F-16 dogfight again. Evidently, this has happened before. But this was basically an AI competition, kind of like chess computers fighting each other, except for they were F-16 dogfighting AIs fighting each other. And they also faced off against a human. And the one that beat all the other AIs also beat the human as well. Vulnerabilities, Microsoft issued out-of-band fixes for Windows 8.1 and Server 2020 R2. And a Jenkins server vulnerability, which is CVSS 9.4, can result in data disclosure. Breaches. Experian reported a breach that exposed data on around 24 million South Africans and 800,000 businesses. And they're taking some scrutiny for not reporting it for quite some time. Number of months, I think. 240,000 records were stolen from the Utah Gun Exchange, including emails, usernames, and passwords. And in ransomware, which, yes, I now have a separate section for ransomware in the newsletter and podcast. Jack Daniels says they repelled a ransomware attack, but the group... Are evil has posted data that they say they stole from the internal network. So they're saying they do have the data. Jack Daniels is saying they don't. I have a feeling we'll figure out which one is lying very soon. The University of Utah paid almost 500000 in ransom to get back its student and employee data. And Konica Minolta was hit in July with a ransomware attack. They said it didn't affect their all-covered MSP, which that must be important to them to point out that it didn't get that. They did have some outages elsewhere in the company as a result of it. Disinformation also added this as a section. Facebook has removed 790 QAnon groups. Companies. Palantir's S1 leaked last week, and it reveals some truly strange numbers, including the fact that they've been in business for decades, yet they only have 125 customers. They also lost almost half a billion dollars in 2019, and almost a third of their revenue comes from only its top three customers. Just seems like a very strange company. Very top-heavy, very government-focused, 
very few customers. They're still bleeding money like crazy. It's a strange situation. Cool tech, scary tech. I don't know. The whole thing is a little weird to me. Cobalt.io secured a $29 million Series B and want to give my congratulations to Caroline Wong and team over there. They're doing some really cool stuff and obviously uh, being rewarded for it. Since time is China's largest facial recognition startup, and it got banned by Trump in 2019, but now it's thriving, projecting 80% revenue growth in 2020, and they're already massively up this year, due to sales to local governments in China for COVID monitoring. So they're using their face recognition technology to track people who do and don't have COVID. Technology news, a company called Our One has raised $5 million to use AI to generate synthetic characters from real people. So they could be programmed to say anything as that person, which we've seen the fragments of this tech, like over the years developing, like over the last three to five years. And we keep saying, oh, this is going to be big. This is going to be big. Well, this is massive. This is a company dedicated to doing this. They are basically taking and creating a digital version of someone's face, including the way it speaks. So you speak, it speaks like you, and then they're able to mimic the actual voice as well, right? And so you can actually type and basically Photoshop uh, text being said by another person. And, uh, they did a demo of this at CES 2020, which was virtual, but it was a digital avatar and they were doing a demo of like, can you pick which one is fake and which one is real? And it was really hard to do. I mean, I failed the test. It was super hard to do. I got like basically 50% chance of picking the right one. So, I mean, they probably waited that a little bit and gave their best examples. I mean, that's how demos work. But if they're anywhere near this level, then we're about to have some serious problems. <laughs> I mean, this is exactly the use case everyone was worrying about, is the ability to just, you know, get data on someone, on how they look when they speak, listen to their voice, and just create a video of them speaking I mean, there's still some other factors here, right? It's like, is it in motion? Is it from the side? Like all these AI sort of demos have caveats. Oh, it's got to be this lighting. It's got to be front facing or whatever, because that's how the training was done. But even given all those things, I mean, we're talking about a company that's dedicated to doing this and it will be one of many. So we're starting to get to the point where we have an actual manifestation of capitalism creating this deep fake ecosystem that everybody has been waiting for and worried about. So it's called Hour One. They just raised $5 million. And I expect to hear more about these guys in the future, either in a great way or a horrible way. Tesla wants to use radar to detect kids inside of hot cars, and they're asking the FCC for licenses to do this. I imagine you do have to ask permission to shoot radar at children inside of vehicles. 
QR codes are making a serious comeback amid COVID. I was at uh, BJ's, the restaurant recently, and they're using QR codes for menus. So interesting to see that. A UC Berkeley student used GPT-3 to generate some blog posts, and then one of them got to the front page of Hacker News because people thought it was, you know, really great and obviously also real. It was some kind of self-help thing. I can't remember what it was, but people loved it, made it to the front page, completely written by AI, 100%. Again, back to the deepfakes thing. We're starting to get to the practical level of this stuff. Oracle is now one of the companies trying to buy TikTok's U.S. operations, along with Microsoft, and I believe there's some others in the mix as well. And Amazon is adding 3,500 tech and corporate jobs around six U.S. cities. So once again, while everyone's freaking out, Amazon continues to grow and prepare for the future. Human news. Finland has shown the results of a two-year basic income experiment. And the results are that unemployed people who received the guaranteed income reported being happier and they actually worked more days throughout the year than those who did not get the income. So this is one of a few positive results from universal basic income studies because there have been a number of negative ones as well. Japan's GDP fell by almost 8% in Q2, so they appear to be in somewhat bad shape. Ideas, Trends, and Analysis, How China Surveils the World. This is a brilliant interview-style discussion of how China sees big data and what they're doing with it. Read this and then remember that they have Equifax data, OPM data, Marriott data, and countless other similar data sets. They're basically playing the long game here of deeply understanding targets, even if they won't actually be targets for decades to come, right? So if you look at something like TikTok. Got another story here. The TikTok ban is overdue. This is an opinion piece by a professor here in the U.S. It was pretty good. And I had a particularly nasty idea for a ransomware tactic, which I'm not sure why I'm telling anyone. Actually, I I do know why. It's because anyone who could do this probably already is. Basically, (laughs) you present your findings as a bounty report where you're asking for payment for the legitimate issue that you discovered. In other words, you don't use any compromise language or you got pwned or you better do this or else. You say, hey, I noticed some vulnerabilities and uh, you know, those vulnerabilities are worth whatever, 250K. And uh, after which time you can do decryption operations, blah, blah, blah. But you don't actually make threats. You basically say, you know, within the confines of the bounty agreement that we agreed upon, here is where you pay us 250K. And anyone reading that on the defender side is going to be like, oh my goodness. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, the bounty. Yeah, I remember that bounty. Yeah, let's definitely get them the bounty money 
uh, because we definitely didn't have an incident here. And it kind of gives the management side an out. If they're weak and sleazy enough to take it, which I think we all know that there are many companies in which that is the case. And of course, if it doesn't work and they're like, what are you talking about? There's no bounty. You guys are criminals. They'll be like, whatever. Yeah. Plan B. Give us the money or you'll never see your data again. Right. So that's always an option. But I am pretty sure that if I thought of this, then so many other groups already have as well. It's probably already being used and I'm probably about to get a lot of mail about how so-and-so group has already been seen using this. So that's why I don't feel too bad about letting it out. It's not like someone's listening to the show and they're like, hmm, let's go do it. Thinking of yourself as a separate entity, like thinking of yourself outside of work versus inside of work or vice versa, can evidently reduce anxiety and improve your confidence and determination. Fascinating study here. I got the link there in the show notes slash newsletter and blockchain, the amazing solution for almost nothing. (laughs) The title itself is worth it. You don't need anything else. Uh, But it does go into some pretty good depth of like examples of things that were sold as being amazing, but it turns out you can actually do them with other tech as well. Updates. So got the DEF CON video of my talk, mechanizing the methodology, including a link to the slides, which a bunch of people have asked for. So I put those up and the length of the show has been growing again, not only like the number of stories, but some of the comments have been fairly long form. Also see this episode, which is probably going to be somewhat long, large paragraphs as opposed to one to three sentences. Just a lot of examples of it kind of creeping up again. I think I'm going to try to adjust it back a little. So the show remains easy enough to get through and highly curated, especially in the newsletter form. Uh, I mean, it's already curated down from thousands of articles to, you know, a couple dozen, but I think I could do better. My main thing is I don't want to feel like I'm giving someone work when they go to read the newsletter, but uh, definitely let me know. If you have a strong preference in either direction. And I'm kind of obsessed right now with creating a list of every book I've read um, and having it get auto updated as I read within the Amazon infrastructure of Kindle and Goodreads. So I think I found the API here on the Goodreads slash API. And uh, I think I'm going to either outsource it or just knock it out myself this week. Probably use Python 3. And Discovery, there is a new coffee brewer called the Ratio 8. Kind of really want one, but I already have like nine ways to make coffee. This thing's like 500 bucks. It's basically an intelligent Chemex machine, which is super cool. And I'm really thanking the gods right now that they're out of stock. Otherwise, it would be on the way. Hack Luke posted a great tutorial on AMAS uh, over the weekend, I think, or maybe Friday or maybe Thursday, recently, within the last few days. Great tutorial. 
It's better than the one that I wrote, which is more like a man page. It's uh, entertaining, approachable, gives you the basic stuff. Really, really good stuff. And uh, it was actually, so reading that and having it be on Medium, I tweeted out that I love the article and I wish he wasn't on Medium and I was going to try to convince him. So I ended up chatting with him and I was like, yeah, you need to do this. And he's like, why do I need to do direct monetization? Why do I need to get off of Medium? So that was this morning. It's Sunday right now. That was this morning. I then spent like two hours writing why InfoSec creators should move to a direct monetization model, which is what I mentioned at the very top of this show. That was the first, most recent article that I wrote. So this always happens to me when I'm doing the show. I will start writing. I will start interacting with people. As the ideas from everything I've collected throughout the week start impacting with my brain, I start having more of my own ideas. And today I spent like probably three hours writing, creating new content. Uh, Some of which, uh, I think a couple of which are actual posted articles already and were mentioned at the top of the show. But uh, yeah, here it is. I mean, it's it's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. And I've been writing and doing the show all day long. Um, Anyway, that's how I got to write that article which was to um, respond to Hack Luke posting his AMAS tutorial on Medium, which basically triggered me. To get, I'm like, dude, you got to get off Medium. What are you doing? And that's how that post happened. Next one here, log and time series data are not the same. Really concise article here I enjoyed. Kapow, turn a shell command into an API which my response to that is cool and also yikes. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Turning a, a shell command into an API. That sounds like a security nightmare and also a lot of fun. Intel OWL, threat intelligence on a file IP or domain. Space Siren, a honey token manager and alert system for AWS. MITRE SHIELD, a mapping for attack to defenses, draw a collaborative whiteboard, and a really nice collection of online tools for various tasks, some of which I just mentioned. Recommendations. I really enjoyed this podcast series by Kevin Roos called Rabbit Hole. I think I've started and finished the whole thing like between Thursday and Friday. It was only a few episodes, I think, maybe like six episodes, short ones. But it's all about the effect of the internet on people, specifically how it can pull people to be more and more extreme versions of of themselves due to algorithms. Covers like PewDiePie, QAnon, and other events in internet history. I didn't actually know what QAnon was until I heard this thing. So that was informative. And the aphorism for the week. The tyranny of a prince in an oligarchy is not so dangerous to the public welfare as the apathy of a citizen in a democracy. The tyranny of a prince in an oligarchy is not so dangerous to the public welfare as the apathy of a citizen in a democracy. Charles de Montesquieu. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. 
The show is not supported by ads because I think they're annoying and toxic to the future of content creation. So if you enjoy the show, you can support it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. Members get quite a few things. Most notably, they get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we have great conversations happening all week long. And members also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who is already a member. I truly appreciate every one of you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.